0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Let us pray and give thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this beautiful and blessed morning of grace. We thank Thee for life and peace and all good gifts. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this blessed opportunity to be gathered before and around Your Word. And we pray that we would be before Thy countenance, dear Father. And that thy countenance would be favorable towards us. For according to thy word, thou, thy countenance is favorable towards us at all times. For thou delightest in thy children. Therefore we can approach unto thee through Jesus Christ, thy dear son, as children, beseeching their father and asking and imploring those things that we need. Be mindful of our congregation here, dear father, that Thou would grant unto us such things as we need for body and soul, and especially this morning hour of grace that we would receive for our spirits and our souls from thy holy word, and that we would receive a greater faith to believe thy holy word and to trust in all thy promises, knowing that thy word and thy promises are for thy children. Bless the brothers that are to bring forth the messages and be with their mouth as thou was with... Moses, thy servant, when he complained that he was slow of speech, but thou, Father, provided for him, for he was a chosen vessel also unto thy people of the old time. Help us always to be mindful, dear Father, of thy gift of salvation and redemption through Jesus Christ our Lord. Make it alive and real within our hearts. Help the young also to comprehend and understand that they might more soberly consider the sufferings and the death and the power of the risen Christ for their salvation, that it was for thee and for all of thy children. Help us then to glorify thee in thy great work of salvation, and to glorify thy dear Son. To Him belongeth all glory and honor and power and dominion forever and ever with the Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Song number 419.
1: In the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost amen beloved my heart is is real joyful this morning and i have to acknowledge that god is good when i behold the congregation that's gathered here you know i've been in this congregation i was born and brought up in the congregation and and throughout all my years it has been a precious flock and i believe that on that great judgment morning there will be countless saints that will arise from this area so we can honestly say that God is good that even yet in these last moments of time when the enemy of the soul is out to slay every human being slay them spiritually that they might not attain eternal life we have a God that watches over us and we have and thank God for all that all the the speakers that God has ordained to be to be uh, in the flock. And this morning I would like to speak on a text that is close to my heart lately, and I've spoken on it several times. And it's that text of love, the 13th chapter of, of the, of Corinthians. But before that 13th chapter, I would like to speak to the little children. So I'd, I'd ask you little children, that you'd pay a real attention to what I'm trying to, what I'm going to t- try to tell you. You know, it's, we have to thank God that we're there. God has been good to us, but I want to explain a little bit how good God has been to everyone, every child that is here, because of late, it, uh, two of our daughters were not able to have children and we have adopted four children from Russia. And in adopting those children, how often my heart has turned to the spiritual part of adoption. You know that every single one of us, you little children even, I believe that God has already adopted us in the womb of the mother as soon as we are conceived, in those that are, are the children of God, and those that are, are that walk in living faith all the days of their life. So everyone is then uh, is uh, chosen by adoption, not one of us is worthy of eternal life. Not one of us would be a child of God except that God has adopted us. And God has adopted us through the work of his dear son. And that's the way he is able to to redeem us through the work of his dear son. So now little children, I want to ask you a question. Do you know what an orphan is? Do you know what do you little children know what an orphan is? I'll tell you what an orphan is. An orphan is a child with no father, no mother, with no, no relatives, nobody that cares for her, cares for him or her, and, and an orphan is such that, that it is absolutely alone. And when we went to Russia, we, we experienced over there what an orphan is. We went into the orphanage and we saw these flock, they, <coughs> This last trip we made there, they allowed us to go into the orphanage and see all the the little children that were about two to three years old. We didn't see the ones that were from infant to about uh, a year and a half old. And you know, our our hearts broke as we beheld what these orphans are. You know, little children, that when you go to bed at night, and that maybe daddy comes up to bed with you and you say, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And then you little children can say, that. and, and uh, we taught our children, it was kind of cute, we taught them to say, God bless. And they used to say, God bless mommy and daddy, God bless uh, uh, grandpa and grandma, and then they especially said Walter, who they called Waco, he was in the army, and they said, God bless Waco too. And it was a precious time. And you know, little children, the orphans, they don't have a daddy to come and say their prayers. They don't have a mommy to come and say their prayers. And you know, little these little children, they learn not to cry. You know why? Already as a little infant, that the, a little a baby will cry and the mother knows that something's wrong with the baby and the baby and and comes and takes care of it maybe it's hungry maybe it's maybe it's got wet diapers or whatever it might have so the little child then gets taken care of so the next thing when the child is hungry it cries and there's somebody to come and feed them but over there there's just maybe one person to take care of 10 to 20 children and so that one person, and it's not—it's not their child, and it's their job to take care of them, and they did a good job, but they can't give the love that that little child would want. That child wants to be loved. Every child wants to be loved. And we—we we beheld over there then that that when we got the adopted children, at first they didn't cry. There was no need. They, they didn't understand that by crying, help would come. Because as a little infant already, they practiced crying, but, but it didn't work. So then they quit crying and they had to wait and they didn't get enough food to even eat. But they would be fed and they would be put to bed at their times, but nobody to love them. And I know you little children, I want you to be thank. I want you to thank God right now, and thank God tonight when you go to bed, and thank God that you have a father and a mother, and thank God especially that you have a Christian father and a Christian mother, That and, and often little children, go tell mommy and daddy, I love you. And when you and even when you when you go to bed at night you know if there's something that bothers you how beautiful it is as a little child you can say that daddy or mommy i did this or i did that i said bad words and and can you forgive me and mommy and daddy will say believe it forgiven it in jesus name and in his precious reconciling blood and so so then little children how thankful we ought to be that we are god's children of not only not only that we have a natural father and a ma- natural mother but that we have a natural mother and father. God the hev- heavenly father is our father and Jesus is our mother who has got, begotten us in, through great pain and now, now we, we are loved. And you know just as much as as when a child is, when the, uh, the mother likes to hear a child talk to him and the mother talks to the little child, so also is it our Heavenly Father. You know, little children, when you say your prayers and you talk to Jesus, He, Jesus rejoices in that. He wants you to talk to Him. You know, God has need of nothing, so why would He, why would He have to, why could, why would He ask us to do something for Him? God is love and He wants us to, He wants to give, give, give unto you. But you know what He wants you to do? He wants you to always, little children, He always wants you to think of Jesus. And He wants to even, wants you to think of how much Jesus loved you. And you got to know all, and all of us, all of us are little children, that here's the most important part of all, that Jesus, who was our God, came down and became man, and and he took all our sins upon him and he suffered and died and and because of our sins and rose again the third day over 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 death hell and 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 the devil so we we got a lot to be thankful for and now jesus wants you to talk to him you know when you have little needs he wants you to ask for those things and i know little children that if you and even your teenagers especially teenagers that Whatever is the desire of your heart, and I mean the right desires, not that which arise from the flesh, but ask God for it. He wants to give you what you, what He wants to satisfy the child. Just as a natural parent, when a child comes, children used to come up to me and ask for something, I'd want to give what they asked for. But if it was bad for Him, then we don't want to give it. Our Heavenly Father, our God is the same way. If if you ask for something that's not for your eternal good, he he won't give it to you because it would be to your hurt. But if it's to your eternal good, he gladly gives it to you. And so our God likes us to talk to him, and he likes us to look up to him. I have mentioned many times, but in the Songs of Solomon, when uh, when the bridegroom, who is Jesus, looked down and saw Shulamite, he told Shulamite, who is us, we the brides, we're the brides of Christ. He told uh, her, "Look up to me, for you are beautiful. You know why we're beautiful? Because He has made us beautiful. Because we are innocent and pure. So, in all things, both young and old, we we should look up to our, look up to Jesus, and and re- remember that our ho- all in all." He is, a, he is the one, alone He did all the work of redemption, alone He redeemed you and I, and certainly He needs our praises and thanksgivings. So look up to Him and thank Him and praise Him for what He has done. And, and also He said, that, talk to me, talk to me, for your voice is sweet. Your voice is something I long to hear. I want to hear from you. So all of you of God's children, then talk often to our Heavenly Father. And you little children, how fortunate you are. I want to tell you that it is worth it all. When I was a little child, five, six years old, I heard my mother singing the songs of Zion. She was rocking on a rocking chair, and I was was listening. And you know what? I remember that I loved the songs she sang. Today, I remember that I loved them. And I love that heaven, I wanted to go to that heaven that mommy, that mom mom was singing of. And then uh, our mother would talk to us about the end of the world and and what's going to happen, that we are going to rise up to heaven. And you know, little children, I used to get scared. Wow, the world's going to burn, but you don't have to be scared, because you know what? Before the world burns up, Jesus is going to give us a new body that doesn't sin anymore, doesn't want to sin, never is angry, never wants to hit anybody, never wants to say dirty words, never disobeys. That's the kind of a body we're going to have. We're going to go to heaven with that body. And that's a beautiful day, that resurrection morning. And now if we would turn up to the 13th chapter, I will read it in Jesus' name. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, is kind, charity envieth not, Charity wanteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass, darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of all these is charity. And I like the word love better because we, we understand it more, but charity is the way it's written in the King James Version and uh, so so when we speak of charity or we speak of love, then we, we can consider it one and the same. This, this chapter, this book was written to the congregation in Corinth. The congregation in Corinth was a large congregation, it was one that, that was uh, 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 an active congregation, but it was also a, a, a congregation where sin had entered in. Where the enemy of the soul had been able to bring in all kinds of problems. And the first problem that it speaks of is that there was, there was the following of men's gifts. And beloved, what a, what a true, what a true, uh, example this is, that we as men, we like to follow gifts. We like to follow maybe the most eloquent speakers or the most, uh, the most, uh, what, what, whatever the case might be. The the uh, uh, the one that is the leader in the church or whatever. And in those days, they, one said, I am of Paul, one, another says, I am of Apollos, another says, I am of Cephas, another one said, I am of Christ. So there was divisions and they started to follow men and i believe many a division in our congregations in this uh, uh blessed living christianity has come because men have stalled, started to start to follow men and so the apostle paul then writes to these uh corinthians a lot about that there also was sin such sin as fornication in their midst and and there was also uh, brothers taking brothers to law and, and and paul teaches clearly this ought not to be so but Uh, Speaking of love, I believe it's very important that we consider the preceding chapter to this chapter. Where it speaks of the body, of the natural body as being also a picture of the body of Christ. And the natural body, you know we have many, many members. We have all kinds of members. Even your little children understand that. That we have a little finger and that little finger has certain de- things that it does. The big thumb has certain deeds. When you pick up something, you know. Every member is important. We have the eyes to see with. We have the ears to hear with. And, and, and we have a heart that beats. And we've got all these members, our feet that we walk with and, and the knees that bend. So there's countless members in the body. And now Paul teaches here, he very, very clearly teaches here that how we are to love one another. And, and you know, the most important part of all of Christianity is this. And I will cite a poem that I learned, uh, that I, I remember parts of it from childhood. And I'm amazed that I remember it, but I, I also thank God for it, because it's such a precious, such a heartfelt meaning in this. And the poem went like this. Abu ben Adam, may his tribe increase, awoke one night from a deep dream of peace, and beheld within the moonlight in his room, behold, an angel writing in a book of gold. And Abu asked the angel, What writest thou? And the angel answered, I write those of the, that love the Lord. And Abu asked the angel, is, is my name among them? And he said, Nay, not so. Then Abu answered and said, Well then put me down as one that loves his fellow man. And then the, the poem goes on, and I don't remember all the parts of it, but anyway, in the second, the second verse of the poem, it, it, the next night, again, the same thing happened. Abu went to sleep and an, it woke up to an angel within the room. And now at Abu uh, and the angel, angel took and showed Abu the, ma- the names of those that loved the Lord. And that poem said, behold, Abu's name led all the rest. Oh beloved, do I believe that's a good, good poem to know? That if we do not love our brothers here upon this earth, we absolutely cannot love the God that is in heaven. And so vital is love in our midst. Every, every other ingredient that we, that we speak of here upon this journey as we walk will be left on the other side of the, of the river. And we'll, but love will go on into eternity. Love is the reason that God created everything. God is love. And now that how hard this is for us to actually face. But we've got to face the fact that we have problems with brothers and sisters. And, and, and that's the reason he teaches that the body of Christ is like the natural body. I believe God in His wisdom has made all of creation to be a picture of Himself. And to his honor and glory. And so now the, the body is, is so essential that the body is not whole. Listen, the body is not whole if you top, take the little t- tip of your little finger off. No longer is that body whole. And the body of Christ should be whole. And so again, who of us then would want to say that we would want one of the members that we that, that, that are here that we would want that they would not attain eternal life? You know, beloved, I've sometimes thought this wise that that how can I test my own heart as far of, as all of Christianity goes, as far as all of of uh, uh, human beings go? And then I, I would ask my quest this question of myself. I'd say. Who would you want to see go to eternal hell, to eternal destruction, eternal fire, beloved? Nobody, nobody. And may it be so that that we would be we would be careful in all the things that we do. And so now, so now, how essential every member of the body is, and there's no schism in our bodies. Everything works together, and, and, and for for the good of the whole body. Even with our hands, we, we feed ourselves so the body receives nourishment when we're walking through the woods and, and, and a branch swings towards us, our hand is up there before we, even, before we even think of it. The hand is there to protect the eye. Beloved, what does that speak to you and I? That speaks how careful we ought to be for one another, how watchful helpful we ought to be to each other here as we journey in living christianity and as soon as the body the body has any member that is cut the whole body suffers i know you people that, that are in the construction uh, uh field of work and sometimes when you've hit your uh, thumb or hit your finger with the hammer i say it, it hurts all the way to the heart it seems that pain was so so uh excruciating and and that meant that the body knew, was suffering because of what happened to one. Oh beloved, can we, can we have that heart here today? That kind of a heart that we are concerned for everyone. If there was somebody that stumbles upon the upon life's journey, that we would go and speak to them. How quickly, and when we read this, uh, when we read all the, the fruits of love and what love is, in the ultimate end, even though we will try to go through them fast here, but in the ultimate end, beloved, we fail in every one of them. We fail in every one of them. But it does not mean that we should not strive to do these things. We can strive to do these things. I am persuaded that there is no good deed that, this, that we can do, a, a Christian can do, but the flesh comes to spoil it. But God does not see. The battle between the flesh and the spirit that we have. When we take pride, when I've done something good, and you can't help it, you don't want to, you hate it, but pride comes. And so, all these things are a teaching to us. All the, all the, all the things here of, of love are, are a teaching to us that we should strive. But you know, in the ultimate end, we have to say, we have to uh, uh, turn, turn our head downward and say, if so it were not for the Savior and Redeemer we would be eternally lost. If it were not for the Savior and Redeemer that He perfected all these things. You know, little children, Jesus, when He came down to earth, He was God, but now He became man and He became our Savior and Redeemer. And as, as man, He experienced everything. You, as a little child of experience, At whatever your ages are—one, two, 80, 85 years old, uh, brother Henry is uh, uh, probably the one of the older ones here—we uh, we experience, uh, in, we experience everything that we have experienced. Jesus has experienced in our in our place, and I say unto you, little children, unto teenagers even, oh, look to the Savior and Redeemer. Where else can we find hope? And in all our failures and shortcomings, in all our struggles, and it's all warfare, beloved. In all of that, we can finally turn our, to one, turn our face to one place, to Jesus. Look up to Jesus. Remember what I said? When you look up to Him, He, he rejoices. You are beautiful in His eyes. Oh, may you understand then, that, that we are totally corrupt, and there is no, no nothing that really is... That we can do that is good in us, and so now we, you can. I, I would suggest that every one of you think of all the functions of your body, then think of it spiritually. Think of it spiritually when you when you consider my body is so precious. The word of God says, no man ever yet hated his own flesh. It is so so needful and precious to our own selves. Then the word teaches us, let our brother in Christ, let our sister in Christ, be likewise. Love them just as much as we love ourselves. And so today then it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You know, if you hit a, a, a bell and the bell makes a loud gong, but it fades and fades and fades and it passes away and it's gone. It doesn't, it, then what's, what value is left? Nothing. The sound is gone. Nothing. Nothing there. So it says it's like tingling cymbals or sounding brass. It, that if if we do not have love, then we are that kind. That it doesn't matter. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. Though you could take, and what a mighty deed that would be. If we took Mount Monadnock here, and somebody had the faith to say that be cast into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean where where it's so deep that you won't begin to even see the top of it, and the mountain would move. If you have not love, it would be of no value, no value. How Paul wants to teach us how essential is love and how much we should love one another. It's, a, it's, it's so vital in these last moments of time you know how willing we are to when we hear bad about somebody so willing to speak bad and, and repeat that story and 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 assume that yes all these things all these things were right and it becomes gossip and it, and it grows as, as, it, as it goes along that's the devil that's the work of the flesh that's the work that All of us in some degree have fallen into. We're part of it. But how the word teaches us that strive and struggle and war against such things that we would, that uh, that it wouldn't mount, it it doesn't matter what we do if we have not love, we are nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Though we would take, uh, and we'd say that, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you can light me a a fire, like some religions do. I believe they have that, that they they believe that if they burn, they're going to go to a special heaven or something like that. It doesn't have, it's no value. If we're willing to give our whole life for it, no value if we do not have love. Oh, how love is stressed here, and how it is the most important ingredient of all. Without, without love, we cannot have living faith. And so is essential then is love. And though, I, and and he says, though I give my body to be burned and feed the poor, it, does, it doesn't help. Charity suffereth long. Love suffers a long time. Beloved, again, I know if you look at your own heart, Look at our own hearts. Some of us with different natures. Some of us are good-natured and we can suffer longer, but everyone's, everyone has a certain point and they, they can't suffer. But here it teaches that love suffers and suffers and suffers. Consider, beloved, what, how Jesus suffered when He did the work of redemption. How much it was when everyone had turned away from him. Oh beloved, when Jesus hung upon the cross of Golgotha, there was no other sinner on earth. The righteousness of God was, and the, and the eternal punishment of God's righteousness towards sin was cast upon him. Alone he bore it all. It truly was alone. Oh how we should, how oh, how we should love him and praise him. Oh, how we should want to, want to glorify Him here in time and, and then certainly in eternity. And it says, love is kind. Kind is, is that, kind is a, is a precious word. If we would always speak with kind words, we would never have a problem with anybody on this earth. If our words could always be kind, even if the words that were spoken to you would be brutal, if you if you answer in a kind word, it is beautiful. It will uh, uh, the it said I, th- the pro, uh, I think it's written in Proverbs: a uh, uh, soft answer turneth away wrath. It is an amazing thing. But I believe that we should speak of these things amongst ourselves, that we would remember, remind one another of all the things. Uh, that's the purpose of coming to church, to be reminded over and over and over again, because we're human, and humans forget, and we need to be reminded, even as the songwriter has written. And so we're reminded that we should do these things. It says now, a charity uh, uh, envieth not. It, It isn't jealous. And again, when I search my heart in all these things, Even though God has blessed me greatly when it comes to something somebody else has gotten that was gotten easily or something, there's a twinge of jealousy. I hate myself for it, I hate this flesh for it, but it's there. It's there and you can't, and we have to war and struggle. Beloved, it it is a warfare and a struggle when I think about it, in the ultimate end. And and neither is there peace promised between the spirit and the flesh. It's going to be a warfare all the days of our lives. I even, I even... um, Beheld the end of Uncle Bill, so many that you, that you knew of. You know, I, I, how I asked, I I believe I even prayed to God that God would give him a good end. But even in the last, in the last fleshly acts, he had a warfare. But how beautifully I can believe that the warfare is ended and, and eternal life is our portion. Beloved, when you think and consider what death should be to a child of God, it's a door unto eternal life. Death is a door unto eternal life. Why should we fear it? But we do. From the flesh we fear it. But anyway, here it teaches us. <clears throat> it does not behave itself unseemly, unseemingly. Doesn't, doesn't, we're not puffed up. We do not say, brag about ourselves. And I've certainly been guilty of such things. And, and, and when we read the word and we remember the words, we have the tools with which we can, um, the weapons of warfare, that we can resist the enemy of the soul in all these things. So it says, and rejoiceth not in iniquity. Certainly, we should not rejoice if somebody stumbles and falls into sin. There should not be any rejoicing. Yet, in my life, I must acknowledge there have been those times that, that when, at, at first, it's, it's the work of the flesh, it's the work of the enemy of the soul. But some, somebody has befall, something has befallen somebody and I, and the thought comes that, wow, well, yeah, now maybe he'll learn or something, something like that. And uh, oh beloved, how wrong it is. Always turn back to the natural body, how it wants to do everything. Firm- Every member wants to do the good for the other members. It wants to protect it in every single way. So spiritually. And now it says, but rejoices in truth. Oh, again, how beautiful it is. How many times have you been in life, you all of you, that when a, a real question has come up to you, maybe you've gossiped on somebody. And they say, the, the one that you gossiped on uh, comes to you and say, Did you say this? Oh, how we want to lie! Oh, how we want to dodge the question! But how good it is! How good you feel after the fact! You say, "Yes, dear brother, I said that, and that was wrong. Will you forgive me for that?" Oh, how you know that—that that shuts the enemy of the soul up. The blood of Jesus will every time make this make the make the, the uh, chase away the enemy of the soul. Remember, I've, I've told you the story many times, but I'm sure not all have heard it. <laughs> My mother, when she was, she was taking a nap in the afternoon, then she saw a vision and an elder came to her and asked her, uh, what does the devil hate the most? And she said, a Christian. And the elder said, no, not so, the blood of Jesus. And said, go and ask Brother John, John Somro, go and ask him that question. She went and asked, he answered the same. The elder said, now remember to tell John, no, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus causes the enemy of the soul. And the blood of Jesus beloved is applied through the spoken word, the word that is so powerful that created heaven and earth, the word that we have when we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. Because Jesus says that I in the Father and the Father in me, I in you and you in me. So we can believe that that word is powerful. And so it, it tells, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. All these things, all these things, the, the love is able to do. Charity, love faileth, never faileth. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Beloved, if we have these gifts, and and uh, and uh, uh, and they all will pass away. What trust? Something that passes away. What good is it? The only thing that is, the only material that has any value, that is eternal. And those things that we believe by faith are eternal. Yes, that God has died. God has sent His Son. And we, as, as punished him, he has he has uh, shed his blood to the last drop for the forgiveness of our sins. Yes, there's going to be a judgment day. Yes, God has made a new, created a new heavens and a new earth. These are the things that will will be uh, are steadfast and sure and are eternal. All the things that we feel, see, and touch will burn, pass away that which God created out of nothing will and that's and, and, and so beautiful this world that we behold he will cause it to become nothing again but he has promised a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells where there is happiness and joy where there's no more there's no more sickness sorrow there's no more struggling as we go through this I hope, I believe all of us find ourselves guilty when we speak of all the all the fruits of love But but thank God That we can look up to Jesus. And He is glorified when we look up to Him. You know, it isn't a single deed that we can do or or have done. No, it's grace and grace alone. How abundant and mammoth is the grace of God. And the Word of God teaches us that we should trust in that grace. And we know in part and we prophesy in part and that's true. But when there is perf- when which- that which is perfect is come then that which is part- in part shall be done away with. And so we understand that too on Judgment Day that will take place. We will become perfect in that which is is done in part. That the weak faith that we will have here will turn to sight, will turn to actual feelings and, and how beautiful it is. When I was a child I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man I put away childish things. We know children play a lot and that's their greatest activity. They they want to go to their friend's house, they want to play there and they want to play. And I believe that's one of the things that we as grown ups uh, put away. Put away that that we don't have to play. We have more serious things, more important things to do. But also it is it's it's a, a natural thing. To the, the, as we grow in grace we, we come to we do come to a, a mature understanding. I believe by the way that I believe it 's exactly as, as uh, Rikonnen used to preach in his day. he says, "I grow in grace like a cow's tail downward, but grace where sin abounds, there much more grace abounds. The worse you feel about yourself the more corrupt you see about yourself you see yourself the greater all of all the beautiful promises that are set in heaven above for you and I, dear child of God. Oh, how beautiful it is. And especially to Brother Dean. Oh, how beautiful heaven is. How wonderful it's going to be. And how, how, how our hearts cry unto our, unto our God, the dear Heavenly Father, that soon bring us all there from this wearisome and, and troubled world. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. So so now we understand in part. We None of us is perfect. Uh, uh, beloved, I would say that too, as far as our speakers go. Carry us with a forgiving heart. All the, the wrong things and the, still, the small things that we say that are wrong don't just forget them and 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 just forgive us for them because we are human and we err but if we err in doctrine if we err in big matters then lovingly come and speak unto us uh, unto those that speak the word of god because we just understand in part. and now abideth faith hope and charity these three but the greatest of these is charity and that is that that is that ingredient that goes beyond the grave love one day it'll be, beloved child of God, then grab hold of all of His promises. Read often of the, of the things that, the, that it speaks of. Read the last chapters of the Bible and see how beautiful heaven is. And may it be that you would often, even you little children and you young, that you would then often think of what heaven is going to be like. How, what do you picture heaven like? And may it be that God will reveal unto you what it truly is like. And then we ask your Heavenly Father that he would lead and guide of every one of us unto eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.